In the early 2000s, the United Nations announced a brand new strategy called the Millennium Development Goals. The whole idea revolved around a massive potential for change if most of the world's governments could rally under the same objectives to fight hunger, poverty and child mortality, among others, at a global scale. More than 10 years after the commitment was signed, what seemed like a dream turned into reality. 470 million people were lifted out of poverty. Around 30 million were saved from malaria and AIDS, and access to drinking water improved tremendously. All these achievements proved that we could work together to address the most critical issues of our time. But of course, there was room for improvement, and the world was raising the alarm on the climate crisis like never before. So, in 2012, at the Rio Plus 20 Sustainable Development Conference, a new process for creating the next set of goals was put forward. Then, in 2015, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, were adopted by all UN member states as part of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Poverty, hunger and health remained at the heart of the agenda, which also included industry, economic and environmental issues. And now that a few years have passed, we have to ask, what happened after that? We are now in the decade of action, and here we'll talk with companies and experts from all over the world about how they're taking actions on the SDGs. To learn from each other about the challenges, opportunities and solutions on the road towards 2030. From the GRI, this is The Rising Tide. The 2015 creation of the SDGs definitely changed the game, right? It, it redefined sustainability for the globe. Uh, and everybody was going to use these very clear 17 goals as their North Star for what sustainability uh, could mean for them. We are listening to Bart Hulahan, co-founder of B-Lab, the nonprofit organization behind the B Corp certification initiative. And the truth is we, uh, in our community of certified B corporations and the broader movement of people using business as a force for good, saw a real uh, renewed interest in uh, sustainability, but I would also say a fair amount of confusion. <laughs> because people really uh, didn't know where to begin with this amazing body of work. It, you know, it's 17 SDGs with 169 targets. And the first question uh, we received was, you know, how do I advance these goals using my business? Uh, and it was pretty consistent. Well, not only enthusiasm, but a, a bit of confusion and, and wondering what the right path forward would be. All those questions and concerns call for a way to translate the SDGs into a common language, or in this case, into a business language. And that's where organizations like B-Lab and GRI play an essential role. Because their impact assessment tools and sustainability reporting standards are vital elements to turn something like the SDGs into business actions. For any company trying to develop a strategy to address sustainability topics, but also try to address um, or, or come up with plans for the future on, on how to build a business that will be here uh, long after uh, the current management has uh, left the company. It is important to start with actually understanding your current impacts. 
Now we are listening to Peter Paul van der Weijs, Chief External Affairs at DRI. So in order to develop a strategy to understand the risks that a company faces, but also the opportunity related to sustainability issues that the company faces, it, it begins with understanding current impacts. The need for a reporting framework is about transparency, right? Transparency to build a marketplace so that people can buy from, invest in, and work for better companies, companies that are both making money and making a difference. Once you set targets, you also need to make sure that those targets are met. And keeping companies honest, keeping regulators honest, and civil society honest about their their commitments and, and agreements, uh, you will need to track progress. You, you need to track progress, you need to understand progress. You also need to understand why progress wasn't made. So I'm not saying that on, on everything, everything will always be, be perfect and go up. But if it doesn't go, if you're not making progress, you have now the data to start thinking about, okay, why didn't this work? And so importantly, certifications and reporting frameworks and standards, they're all a means to an end. Right at the end, we're trying to drive behavior change. We need companies to behave differently. And our certification and our metrics and our standards are all in an effort to try to shift how companies act. If we take a step further with this, we live in a world where a piece of news can travel around the globe in seconds and public opinion can make or break any company. In a place like this, transparency and sustainable practices can become something that companies aspire to get involved in. So we have a community of certified B corporations. There are about 3,900 certified B corporations in oh, uh, 150 different industries, 70 different countries, uh, and they are leaders. They are best-in-class companies that have met um, higher standards of social and environmental performance and legal accountability to join this community. But that certification uh, is intended to inspire others to follow. The, the whole idea is to shine a light on these leaders and encourage others to use our tools to be more like a B corporation. And so the certification really is just about trying to drive a broader movement. And to give you some numbers, those 3,900 certified B corporations have now inspired over 150,000 companies to use our tools to be more like a B corporation. Over the following years after the SDGs were adopted, interest in sustainability picked up. Both companies and governments were laying out new strategies to contribute. From laws and regulations to shifts in business models, the pressure to stay committed and achieve the SDGs was driving change. Near the end of 2019, there were two really important moments uh, that influenced the broader business culture. The first was an announcement by the Business Roundtable, which is a collection of CEOs, about 181 CEOs that represent uh, some of the world's largest companies. They came out with a statement saying there is a new purpose of business and that the purpose of business is to lead organizations not just for shareholders, but for all of their stakeholders. And it was an important moment, right, to have 181 of the world's largest CEOs come together to say that um, the purpose of business had shifted. And then shortly following that, at the end of the year, there was the World Economic Forum in Davos, right, where uh, Davos came out with, or the, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, came out with a new 
Davos Manifesto, where they too said that businesses should no longer be operated exclusively for their shareholders, but that we were moving on to a new type of capitalism, stakeholder capitalism. These were really critical uh, cultural moments. This was it. A landmark moment showing favorable winds to move the ship forward. A quantum leap toward a sustainable future for business. But then, 2020, well, we know how that turned out, don't we? Fast forward three months and the global pandemic hits in 2020, right? And so uh, I would tell you when we realized the magnitude of the pandemic, our movement was terrified. You know, I felt like we had been working on uh, the B Corps movement for 15 years and I wasn't sure we were going to survive, you know, terrified that as I and the rest of our global leaders looked at our objectives for the year, we were worried that one, applications for certification would collapse, two, registrations on our assessment would evaporate, uh, and three, certified B Corps across the globe would fail at record rates, uh, recognizing the magnitude of the financial crisis that was going to follow this pandemic. And so, you know, we did what every good business or nonprofit should do. We uh, cut our budgets by 20% and uh, tried to focus all of our energies on maintaining the current community. And it, what then transpired was shocking. We saw registrations on our tools up 60% year over year. As I mentioned, we have 3,900 certified B corporations. We had 2,500 new companies raise their hand to join this community. And then perhaps most interestingly, as businesses across the globe understandably began to fail, our community of certified B corporations had the lowest attrition rate in our last five years, less than 6%. We, we saw a very interesting development. I think the pandemic has led to a better understanding at the company level that the realities within which they operate have changed. And that they were ill-prepared for some of the uh, um, impacts that a, a large-scale crisis can bring to them. So what we've seen overall is, the, is that companies wanted to better understand their impacts and the risks related to that. But we've also seen stakeholders from investors to employees to customers demanding more transparency about corporate actions, about those impacts and expecting companies to be much better prepared for, for a future pandemic or, or um, a global crisis. So what it has led to is what we've seen is an increased interest in, in, in reporting, in understanding impacts, and also in developing new business strategies that make companies more resilient um, to future changes. And what I think was driving that was, number one, a growing recognition that the economic system just isn't working for everyone. The pandemic uh, certainly laid bare the inequities of our current system, right? It just didn't impact everybody equally. 
marginalized populations across the globe are suffering to a far greater extent than others due to the pandemic. And secondly, as a result of that uh, revelation, you know, for more and more folks, what we heard over and over again was a desire not to go back to normal, but instead to find a new normal moving forward. This is very interesting in the sense that maybe we didn't lose a year and perhaps there are more positives than we thought in this chaos. You know, we need to be honest that uh, we've had one of the largest shocks to the economic system in the last century. And uh, that recession has uh, undoubtedly interfered with the broader efforts to try to uh, achieve the SDGs, period. But I would also say there's a silver lining. And the silver lining is that I think there's an increasing awareness that we can't return to uh, the economy that was uh, in place prior to the pandemic, that we're going to need to restructure uh, our economy around behavior change, cultural change, and structural change so that we can uh, really move to uh, a new concept of value. I actually think that, that the pandemic and and the, the one good thing that came out of the pandemic is, is this better understanding. I think we've seen a push for for reporting, for becoming more transparent. And one of the terms, we, we as GRI did a whole series of, of webinars with, with companies to better understand how it had impacted them. And one of the terms that was used a lot is the fact that, that reporting transparency and, and understanding those impacts lead to future-proofing. So the terminology really is about future-proofing, being prepared for what's coming next and, and being open about that and understanding what, what could come next. So um, in, in that sense, we, we actually think that, that it's a positive uh, side effect of the pandemic that there is a much better understanding of the limitations and the opportunities that, that there are. And, and companies are really beginning to understand that, that uh, a very short-term, financially-only focus on the future of their company is not the right thing to do. So they really need to understand the broader sustainability impacts. They need to strengthen their relation with, with their stakeholders um, in order to, as they say, future-proof their business. As we move forward, there's still a lot to do. All around the world, debates are taking place. Decisions are being made to build a system that looks beyond profits and puts stakeholders at the center. We are about to see how the floodgates open and give way to an exciting decade as we reimagine our businesses. Fundamentally, the uh, global economy is going to need to shift to a new concept around sustainable growth rather than uh, unfettered growth. Uh, and as we consider what resources are available for this growth, we have to change our conception of capital that we have historically evaluated uh, business growth with respect to a single capital, which was financial capital. But there are also natural capital and social capital, people capital, that needs to be part of the equation as we evaluate sustainable growth. Growth for the sake of growth, I think everybody agrees, is not the right target for, for the world. I, I think through the SDGs, through um, the mere fact that the world is running out of resources, we have come to the conclusion that the current economic models need, need to be changed. And, and concepts like circular economy 
really come in, into play here. Uh, uh, recycling, uh, better use of materials, smart use of materials. And so it really is a fundamental shift in how we uh, measure and manage the success of business. And, and at the core, I, I think long-term, this is about redefining success. That no longer can we evaluate business success around revenue growth, earnings per share, net income margins, quick ratios, gross profit margins. We're going to need to add other metrics to what we evaluate for our definition of success. Included in those financial performance metrics will have to be employee engagement, environmental footprint, community involvement. Like we're going to need to evaluate the whole of a business when we talk about its success. It can't be exclusively reduced to financial performance. It has to include how we are working not only with our shareholders, but also with all of our stakeholders. Using reporting and sustainability tools like the GRI standards and the B Impact Assessment to understand sustainability impacts, develop plans and track progress, reevaluate what success looks like, move towards a stakeholder economy, and everything else we discussed here today is all part of the puzzle we must piece together as we move forward. And as we share our stories and experiences to learn from each other, the tides of change will keep rising, and that's what this podcast is all about. From the DRI, thank you for listening. The Rising Tide podcast is co-produced by the DRI and Aranha Media. We want to thank Bart Hulahan and Peter Paul van der Weijs for sharing their time and expertise. We also want to thank the Swedish government for making this podcast series possible. We greatly appreciate their long-standing support for sustainable development work, catalyzing action towards the SDGs. This episode was written and directed by Julian Cortes. Editorial work by Daya Lavina and me, Tina Nubo-Jensen. Sound design by Manuel Torres. Distribution efforts by Daniela Arias, Paula Silva and Luisa Rios.